Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation, what's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Monday edition of Lockdown Rams. We're going to do a little mock draft Monday. We're going to do a live seven round mock. We're really excited about it. We got a special guest joining the show today. We got Sosa Kermarjas joining us. Sosa, how you doing, my man? I'm good, my man. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Uh, as, as good as you can. I'm flying through some Netflix. Uh, you know, just trying to find ways to get busy and, and a mock draft Monday is always something fun to do, especially when you're looking at this Rams roster. Got a lot of holes to fill. Uh, we were talking kind of before we started, we were kind of surprised at some of the action that Les Needs already been able to do in this offseason. So not sure how much more he can really add new players. So looking at a draft is always a fun way to kind of see, you know, what the direction the Rams are going to be going in 2020, especially if you're looking at Michael Brockers coming back to L.A. and you know, what that might mean for a couple of the Rams players that have agreed to contracts but yet haven't signed. So uh, as you do these mock drafts every week, something up kind of comes a little different. Guys, don't forget you can go find Sosa on Twitter. He's at QBS MVP, as well as you can check out the new site that he's running and putting up content to profootballdispatch.com. You can find our show, Lockdown Rams, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, as well as LA underscore Rambling Bear. That's my personal. The show itself is on Google, Spotify, Himalaya, uh, and basically anywhere where you find a podcast, hit us up, hit the subscribe button, leave a review if you're feeling it. We always appreciate your feedback. Uh, but like I said, we're going to do an awesome show today. We're going to use the Draft Network mock draft machine, do seven rounds. We're also going to be using their player rankings. That kind of has kind of shows how the players are going to be coming up. They also have a predictive draft, which we'll maybe do a little bit later down the road. But we got an awesome show for you guys today. So with that, let's just get right into it. It's Mock Draft Monday. The Rams are up at 52. They have needs at O-line, linebacker, and running back, just to name a few. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by Sosa Kramarjas, and this is your lead story. So as I mentioned, every week there seems to be a new twist on the roster that kind of changes up how these mock drafts go. So uh, again, with Michael Brockers out of town, the release of Todd Gurley looking at potentially needing a running back. To kind of add to that group, contracts of Ashawn Robinson and Leonard Floyd are still waiting to be signed. So this mock draft could make for a fun time today. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to pull up a seven-round mock draft using the Draft Network's mock draft machine. Uh, we're going to hit begin. Actually, might as well do that right now, Sosa. We are on the board at 52. I'll let our guests go first, but kind of talk to me about maybe some players that were picked right around there that you were interested in. Who's on the board? Because my board and your board are going to be different as we're doing this on this mock draft machine. Uh, but 52, the Rams pick is up. Who do you got? So logistically speaking, I I, I want to go offensive lineman. I'm looking at the recent picks. So some of the guys that went recently that caught my, like Julian Oquara, I think is a guy that might be on the Rams' radar. He went 47th to the Falcons, the edge rusher. Uh, Prince Tega Winogo went 45th. And then uh, a couple of guys right before, and I don't think the Rams are going to be all too interested in. You had a running back in Jonathan Taylor, Donovan Peoples-Jones, the receiver, Damon Arnett, the corner. So I'm looking at the board, 
and a couple of guys catch my eye as I scroll down here. So, like I said, ideally, I think I would truly want to go offensive line, just looking at my own rankings. I think some of the linemen here available, like um, Lloyd Cushenberry is a guy that I, I'm a little lower on than most people, but there's other guys here, too, that I'm really, really intrigued by, like Matt Hennessy, for example. He's a guy I'm really high on, higher than probably most people. Um, Jonah Jackson, the offensive guard from Ohio State. But... I, I think there's going to be more depth on, um, in terms of offensive line at our next selection. So I'll probably elect to go with an edge rusher just because I know that the edge rusher class is going to thin out incredibly quickly. And looking at these guys, um, I've got Josh Uchi here, Curtis Weaver, Terrell Lewis, some of the names that catch my eye. And out of those guys, I think probably Uchi or Weaver fit the best. I'd probably go with Uchi just because uh, I think he's got more versatility and, I think his speed would be a really big asset pretty much to any defense, but specifically the Rams defense. So I'll go with Josh Uchi, the edge out of Michigan, pop him in at 52. I love it. I love this pick. And for all my listeners that are tuning in right now, they know that I love this pick. I am a Michigan guy. I just had uh, Isaiah Hole of Lockdown Wolverines on the show on Friday, and he hyped up Josh Uchi as much as you possibly could talking about. He couldn't believe that he was going as late as number 52 in some of these mocks, but he understands as far as, uh, you know, he didn't get a lot of the opportunities that he, that really, as far as playing time and, and being able to kind of stab those pats, but um, he loves them. He was, he just got me excited about him. So I love that pick for you. And I'm kind of with you as well as, you know, looking at, there's a bunch of uh, different O linemen here and our boards are going to be different. Actually, Matt Hennessy was pick number 51 uh, right in front of us, which is a little bit of bummer because I love him too. Another thing I love about him is, is really he brings that interior offense alignment. And there's a lot of really good tackles in this draft. And I'm not as interested as getting a tackle as I am an interior offense alignment. I think we just have a lot more question marks at those guard and center positions than we do at the tackle position. But building depth in those, uh, again, sitting here at my board, I have Austin Jackson here out of USC, offensive tackle, uh, which is you know an interesting one for sure. Uh, I'm also interested at Kyle Duggar, safety, you know, sitting here on the board. But do I want to go that early? I like what you're saying about the edge thinning out. Uh, so I'll go the opposite way because Josh Uche was one of those guys that I think, you know, wouldn't be a surprise that I would pick. But I'll go Curtis Weaver because I think that's the other, uh, maybe the tails to the head on that coin as far as the opportunity of a guy coming in. The Rams are going to need some help. Uh, obviously adding some depth at that position. So I'm, I agree with you. I think there's still some offensive line uh, depth in this draft. So I'm going to go Curtis Weaver with my pick at number 60. Uh, that's going to bring us up to our next pick. I'll throw it back to you. Uh, maybe your draft board is a little bit faster than mine as I'm still going through in the third round here. Uh, but we're next up on mm -hmm. the board. What are your thoughts at pick number 84? All right, so I'm caught up here. Um, I'm looking just kind of some of the guys that went right prior here. Uh, nothing nothing too interesting. Austin Jackson, uh, Sadiq Charles. I know some people are intri intrigued by him. Robert Hunt, another lineman. Kyle Duggar. So like I said, uh, I guess my plan worked out here because there are still some offensive linemen that really intrigue me, and I know that the edge class is already not looking too, too good here. So I'm feeling good about that choice there. But uh, – I'm looking at some of the linemen that intrigue me, and there's a lot of quality names here still. Um, most notably, and obviously I don't think this is exactly going to be uh, very realistic, but it looks like Matthew Parrott is one of the names available here, the UConn tackle. He's, uh, he's a little bit more developmental than I would want at this spot, but 
He's just a mountain of a man. He's interesting. Um, another guy who I really don't think is going to be available at this spot, but it's going to be hard to pass up on him. Ezra Cleveland, I literally just watched him today, the offensive tackle from Boise State. I think he's probably a late round one pick, maybe top of the second. That's kind of a guy I think a lot of teams are probably going to try and trade up for after the first day of the draft. You know, there's obviously a lot of movement always uh, – with whatever guys that fall out of the first round. So I think he could be one of those guys, but since he's sitting here, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to pick him. Uh, he probably doesn't have a clear path to playing time in his rookie season, even though I do think he's a you know, available and capable guy to be a day one starter. I mean, I, he might fit at left guard. I'm not sure. I would probably try to keep him outside because he's incredibly athletic, but uh, the talent is just too rich for me to pass up. So I'm going to, I'm going to pop it in at Ezra Cleveland, number 84. I like it. And uh, I'm with you, though, as you're talking about, you know, looking at some edge presence or linebacker here, um, you know, getting one of those guys early. You know, it, it definitely is something that is probably a need for the Rams. And potentially if they look to maybe trade off that 52, uh, maybe stay in that second round or at least pick something else in the third round, maybe they can then get a little bit risky. Uh, but I'm seeing another guy here. Uh, as much as I said, I'm not as interested in offensive tackles. Doesn't mean that when you see value of a person that you're not going to want to go get him. Um, I've got Austin Jackson sitting here, uh, which is kind of intriguing prospect out of USC. Just a big dude. Um, you know, six foot six, over 310 pounds, a uh, guy that's played some big time football. Uh, there's obviously you could look at running back here, but I think maybe I might even look at that at the next uh, third round pick. Uh, there's a couple guys like Zach Moss that are probably still going to be there. Maybe not, depending on you never know when there's a run on something. And that's what's interesting about these mock draft machines is they kind of play to that. You know, looking at a guy that I really like that wasn't available, uh, was taken just a few picks. Ben Bredesen, uh, another guy out of Michigan, uh, would have could have been two back to back Michigan picks for me. Uh, but I really like his flexibility. He can play multiple guard positions. Uh, another guy that. Um, Isaiah Hole talked big time about on the podcast on Friday, but I'm going to go with Austin Jackson, just a big, uh, big dude you can plug in there. And again, Andrew Whitworth, basically, if you're looking at that three-year deal, you hope that it's really, you know, maybe you get two out of it, but most likely it's a one-year deal and it's going to be a year-by-year uh, -year type of reevaluation for him. So still finding some depth there and getting a guy that can come in. Uh, and then you never know, maybe throw him over on the right side at some point, but just some versatility, Austin Jackson, uh, going to take that pick now. Uh, we will run this board on into our next pick, but what we're going to do is we're going to step aside, take a break. We're going to be right back. Mock Draft Monday with Sosa. We got the Rams back up on the board when we come back. So pick 104, not far away. We get two in the third. This is our compensatory pick. Uh, really awesome to have these at this point, especially uh, when without this, we would have had just five picks. Uh, the Rams have been really busy trading in the draft, so maybe they look to continue to kind of add some picks. But then again, we also saw them put some picks together and move up to go get Daryl Henderson last year. So you never really know which way they want to be going. Uh, but we're on the board, 104. Sosa, what are you thinking? Who you got? Uh, who's jumping out at you? So there's mainly four names I'd say here that are really catching my eye that I'm trying to decide between. First is Brian Edwards, the receiver out of South Carolina. I'm, I want to say it's too early for receiver, particularly because the Rams have four really good ones. And that would obviously mean that he's just not going to play. And they obviously still have a lot of holes to fill. So I, I think that would be a little bit too rich for me, even though I do think he's an incredible talent. And I know that in a year's time, the receiver position might look very different and, selecting a guy 
at a time like this could could uh, lead to something really good down the line. But outside of him, I, I'm looking at three more names. And right here, I got two linebackers. One of them is Willie Gay Jr. out of Mississippi State. The other is Akeem Davis Gaither from Appalachia State. I'm trying to decide between either those guys or uh, Tyler Biotish from uh, Wisconsin, the interior offensive lineman. I know that I just went O-line with Ezra Cleveland. And like Cleveland, I think Biotish is a day one starter, and I'm actually incredibly high on him, which is weird because I know a lot of people are a lot lower on him than I am. I think he would literally be the perfect plug-and-play center for a guy like Sean McVay. He's, I think he's tailor-made for a zone-blocking scheme. Uh, he just moves really well in open space, and he's so good at climbing to the second level and locating a linebacker and kind of sealing him off. So I'm trying to decide whether... I want to go with the starting center in Biotish and kick Blythe to left guard. Or if I want to go with Akeem Davis-Gaither at linebacker and just get a day one starter at linebacker because that inside linebacker position for the Rams right now is looking really, really bare. I'm going to I'm gonna go with uh, Davis-Gaither. I think he's got a lot of uh, athleticism. I think he's perfect for today's NFL. Uh, he can go sideline to sideline very easily. Um, he's got some things to work on. Like, I think his eyes can get him in a little bit of trouble, and he's he's got to be a little bit more aware in zone coverage. But he's a guy who can blitz. He can line up off the edge. Um, he can play three downs very easily. He's really athletic. Uh, his motor's nonstop. He's clearly very emotional on the field, like in a good way. Um, so I think he's a, honestly another day one starter for the Rams, which is really good at pick 104. So I'm going to go with Keem Davis-Gaither. I like it. I like it a lot. Another guy that the Rams have been rumored uh, to meet with, I believe, at the Combine, have a conversation with him. They've also spoken with the running back out of Appalachian State, who is here on the board right now, Evans. So it's interesting. I know I, I, I feel like the Rams at some point would find value adding a running back in this draft. Is it early? Is it later? That's the next question. I mean, I did another mock draft um, earlier where I got Taylor, the running back, out of uh, Wisconsin in that second round pick. And it was just too tempting to go get a running back that could come in and, and be a beast. I mean, a guy that just, you know, broke tons of records in the NCAA and even as a high school star was a track athlete. Uh, but that he wasn't available in, in the second round. This one, Zach Moss, the guy that I had hoped would be there, uh, is gone at number 92 to the Ravens. Uh, so he's not an opportunity. Another guy that I was looking at as uh, we're looking at interior offense alignment, a guy out of Wisconsin, uh, Tyler. Biotish. Yeah. Biotish. That's the guy you were just talking about. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. He was just picked at 102. I think you're exactly right. It would be a great fill in to kind of throw in there in the center of our O-line. Uh, but those options aren't there for me. Another guy, uh, Lakey Futu out of Utah would have been interesting, but the Rams kind of have brought and filled that role in the interior defensive line. Um, and looking down the line, Akeem Davis Gaylor is there. Uh, it is interesting to me, but I'm going to go the other way. This is another guy that you mentioned just to kind of make it a little bit different, but still finding the same kind of rhythm that you're in right now. Uh, cause I think the defense is going to be a little bit more heavy in this draft because the O-line yes is a need running back. Yes. There could be an argument for a need there, but I think on the defense, as far as adding depth, uh, there's a lot more need on that side. So Willie Gay Jr. out of Mississippi State, uh, that's who I'm going to draft in this one. Uh, Akeem Davis Gaither, though, I really like that. Just watching some of his film, the guy's an athlete can get from side to side. Uh, so I think he would be a great fit in the Rams' uh, defense as well. So we're going to kind of move this thing along. We'll go to our next pick, which I believe is in the fifth round at pick 126. Uh, we'll kick it over to you. Or is that the fourth round still? That's fourth round. I'm... Uh... 
I'm still in the fourth round, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the end of fourth round, I believe. All right, so last pick in this segment uh, goes over to you, Sosa. Oh, man, this is tough. So I'm, I'm trying to decide right now whether I want to go with somebody who I think could get more playing time, someone like um, a Geno Stone at safety out of Iowa, or whether I would want to go with somebody who I know is uh, – like has uh, not necessarily a superior skill set because they just don't even play on the same side of the ball, but someone who I know and feel very good about in terms of their skills and, and Michael Pittman Jr. I, there's a lot of receivers still on my board here that are quality players that I'm I'm thinking long and hard about taking here. Uh, like Michael Pittman Jr., like I mentioned, was one of them. Uh, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. I got K.J. Hill still from Ohio State. Uh, he's kind of limited in terms of uh, deep ball speed, and he'd probably just stick in the slot, but – the guys that uh, intrigue me are the guys that separate, and he's one of those guys. Um, you know, I still think there's a lot of receiver talent here, so I may be forced to go with another player on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm looking at guys that may fit the mold in terms of uh, not only talented players, but guys who may be able to contribute right out of the gate. And one of the names that really catches my eye here is Kayvon Wallace, the safety out of Clemson. Um, not 100% familiar with him as I still have to deep dive in his tape, but I think he's kind of interesting here in terms of uh, being able to be a very versatile player on the back end. And although he he probably won't start and he probably shouldn't start at this point in time, he could be a nice little uh, depth piece for a team that likes to run a lot of three safety sets. And not only that, but it kind of will allow Taylor Rapp to kick down and kind of play closer to the line of scrimmage where he's best. So um, knowing what kind of quality there still is a receiver, I'm going to take the chance that another good receiver will, will find his way to me in the next round. So I'll go with Kayvon Wallace at the spot. I like it. Good pick. And uh, just kind of looking at my board here, uh, there has been kind of a run on wide receivers in the last couple of picks. Tyler Johnson right before us, Chase Claypool uh, at 124 to the Steelers. Uh, a few edges, a few O-line. It's kind of been a mix kind of leading up. And I was really... I was kind of hoping because Keem Davis Gaither was down on that board that maybe I'd even sneak and get two linebackers back to back and be able to put those guys together. He went at 118 to the Denver Broncos just a few picks before. Uh, so going to have to go back to the drawing board here and think of a, color, a couple of ideas. Akeem Adeniji, offense tackle from Kansas. Always loved him kind of sitting here in this fourth round. Uh, but if I want to go interior offense alignment, Logan Steinberg is there from Kentucky. Jack Driscoll is there as well. Uh, and then Shane Lemieux, a guy that I'm like hot and cold on, interior offensive lineman at Oregon. He's a big dude. Uh, he's got some good power, but he, he's not that great in space. Uh, if the Rams are still kind of looking to run some outside zone and, and really, who knows, really with bringing in a new offense coordinator, leaving Todd Gurley uh, and releasing him, are, how much are they going to be changing some of the running game? I'm curious, but I do like his size. I do like his power. I do like addressing the need of an interior offensive lineman, uh, but just kind of his mobility is probably my big question mark for him. And and can he keep some of the weight off? Because that was one of the things they said. This guy keeps kind of getting bigger over time. Uh, but Shane Lemieux, uh, I'm going to take the risk out of Oregon, interior offensive lineman, just adding some more depth to that O-line. That's two O-linemen uh, in the draft that I've taken. Uh, it's probably as many as I want to take in this draft because as, as we've mentioned, there are a lot of needs elsewhere. Uh, so we'll kind of keep this thing rolling along. Uh, we will take a break here because the Rams don't have a pick in the, I think it's the sixth round actually, but we'll, we'll step aside. We'll come back to our next selection. Sosa will be on the board when we come back.
All right, so we are back in the sixth round. The fifth round is the round where the Rams do not have a draft pick. We are now at 199. Uh, give me a little recap on who you selected so far and then jump into your uh, next pick. Sounds good. All right, uh, at 52, I'm with Josh Uchi, the edge out of Michigan. Uh, as I mentioned before, I just knew that edge was going to thin out really quickly, so getting a day one starter at edge is important there. Uh, pick 84, I went with Ezra Cleveland, the offensive tackle from Boise State. I think he's a day one starter at left tackle, but um, obviously that's not going to be the case with Andrew Whitworth coming back. Still, that's a great plan uh, in, in the future for the Rams, uh, and not only that, but great depth. Uh, at pick 104, I went Akeem Davis-Gaither, the linebacker out of Appalachian State. Again, like the theme here, day one starter for me. Lots of questions uh, at the inside linebacker position for the Rams. Um, not necessarily to say that the guys aren't good there in terms of Micah Kaiser and Trevon Howard and guys like that. But you get a day one starter here and you can't go wrong with that. And then at pick 126, you go. Uh, I went with Kayvon Wallace, the safety out of Clemson. Again, another defensive player capable of contributing right away as a rookie. Um, he'll probably be limited to uh, three safety sets. But again, uh, we've seen guys like Marquis Christian and Blake Countess in, in the past few years have roles like that. So I think uh, that's a good pick there. And uh, I guess I'm on the board here at 199 in the sixth round. And uh, as as I hoped, um, I skipped on going receiver the last round, hoping that some quality receivers would find their way to me here. And it turns out that it, it went that way. And I got my eyes on a specific player here. It's uh, His name is Lynn Bowden, receiver slash quarterback slash kick returner slash punt returner out of Kentucky. What's funny about that is you might have heard me say Kentucky. That might have sprung something in your mind if, if you're a draft fan. Um, I can't remember how long it was now since Randall Cobb came out. I want to say maybe eight, nine, ten years. But the similarities between these guys are is just honestly weird and, and unique and creepy at the same time because they both came from Kentucky. They both played some quarterback in Kentucky. They both played receiver at Kentucky. They're both projected as slot receivers in the NFL, and they both were return men as well in Kentucky. So I think selecting a guy like Lynn Bowden at this spot is incredibly um, great value, not only because you're getting an interesting player at the receiver position, that's where he's going to play in the NFL at receiver, but you're getting a guy who's going to be able to return kicks for you. He's going to be able to return punts for you. And ironically enough, he only returned five punts this year and two of them went for touchdowns. Um, and he's a great developmental receiver at the same time. And he's a guy who uh, specializes in kind of uh, in like yak yardage and that stuff. You kind of want to get the ball in his hands very quickly and just let him work. Um, but not only that, he's got some intriguing speed. He can get down the field as well. And he actually played quarterback for a few games at Kentucky this year as well when uh, their starter, I believe, got uh, went down with injuries. So at this spot, I'm going to take a receiver five, a, a developmental project kind of guy, a guy who can contribute on special teams right out of the gate. So I'm going to Lynn Bowden, receiver out of Kentucky at 199. I like it. You talked about filling a lot of roles. We still don't know what's happening in our wide receiver room. Uh, the whole Brandon Cooks, you know, trade option is still out there. Uh, you know, what are we going to do uh, with that whole group coming back? And what are we going to do with the returner? That's another good question, obviously. So I like that he kind of fills multiple roles there, uh, as well as always having that little, uh, you know, QB in the back, right? That's always good for a couple mm -hmm. trick plays down the road. So uh, I like that. And as well as you look at the draft network, they describe him as a joystick runner that he's got plenty of speed to burn, uh, but his kind of his agility is what kind of makes him stand out as well. So 
Uh, when you hear joystick runner, you just think of kick returns. It just sounds fun uh, in a horns helmet, depending on if we still have horns on the helmet. You know, let's hope for that, right? Um, but that's yeah. that's a discussion for another day. But I like that pick right there. He's actually currently sitting at the top of my board. Uh, they have him as prospect 185. We're on pick 199 right now. Uh, so good pickup right there. Uh, a couple other guys, interesting, you know, for the Rams right now, uh, depending on what direction they want to do, are they looking to add a cornerback? Uh, you mentioned kind of adding a safety. thought that was a good pickup as well. That's another option here. Shaheem Carter out of Alabama. Um, not kind of all the hype out of the safety class, but what I love about him is he's played big-time ball at Alabama. He's used to a pro-style defense. He's used to uh, big-time performances and kind of being under the pressure, and he's played around a lot of great players. Uh, I just kind of like his pedigree coming in and kind of like you mentioned uh, would be good in a three safety set to kind of fill in again, another role that was left when Marquise Christian left. Uh, So I like that pick as well. Lavert Hill out of Michigan is here at the cornerback position. There's a few uh, other guys at at cornerback uh, as well as um, there's some edge guys here that are options. I'm just kind of scrolling down here. Wide receivers are plenty at this point. As you mentioned, this is a deep draft for that. Uh, But I think I'm going to go back. Um, you're right. It was good to get an edge early. Cause right now, as you're looking at this board and you're looking at kind of the position groups, there's not a lot of guys out there. Uh, there's another guy from Utah state that I've always loved, uh, Tipa Gialea probably butchered that. Um, but I always like him. He's down the board at, in, in the mid two hundreds, but I'm just going to go back up here. Um, really for me, it's between Shaheem Carter and Lavert Hill. Uh, Got to remember that two of our cornerbacks are on their last year of their deal, and those are our two starting cornerbacks. Yes, we've got a couple guys behind them that the Rams really love, uh, and Darius Williams and um, David Long. Yeah. David Long Jr., there we go. Uh, so there are a couple guys there, but adding that room would be good. Uh, another Michigan guy in the room? I don't know. I'm going to go Shaheem Carter. I'm going to get that safety uh, out of Alabama. I've had him on a few of my draft boards. It uh, keeps kind of popping up, and I think receiver, again, would be a good point here as well. Uh, but there's another guy I think that might be around in the seventh round. So we'll slide down to the seventh round. This is the last pick for the Rams as of now. Uh, maybe one of these times we'll do uh, a mock draft where we can insert some trades because I think the Rams, again, less need, as we talked about, I think even before we got on the show here. Uh, but that at some points, it almost seems like he's just kind of creating action, not because he's bored, but just trying to keep it going. He is a guy that definitely pushes it forward and doesn't want to sit around and watch everyone else do it, especially in the draft when they've been known to kind of hit guys in the third and fourth round. So uh, we are up seventh round, 234. Your pick, you're on the board. Yeah, so I'm looking at what's available here, and something just struck me. Uh at the top of my mind, I was scrolling just to kind of see what uh, TDN's rankings are looking like. I'm obviously not very familiar with a lot of guys down here. There is a name, obviously, that I, one name that I have watched that is really intriguing to me, but I don't need him because I already picked a receiver, and that's James Prochet, the receiver out of uh, SMU. He's kind of like a jump ball, a contested catch above the rim specialist. But I guess looking, just kind of knowing what the needs are for the Rams, um, just knowing that Greg Zerline just departed and took off uh, following Coach Bones at Dallas, I'm probably going to have to turn this pick in and take a kicker, and I'm going to listen to TDN, and their rankings are telling me that Rodrigo Blankenship is the best kicker in this draft. So I love it. Uh, just looking at uh, his stats here, he's, he's hit over 80% of 
field goals in all three of his last years in college. Hasn't missed an XP in ever in college. So he looks to be okay. I, obviously, I'm not too familiar with him, but, you know, um, this is the last pick. They need a kicker still. Um, I know, uh, obviously, at the end of the day, he's just a kicker or whatever. But, hey, man, at the end of the day, kickers are very important. We've seen it with our own eyes from the NFC Championship game and even from dating back to last year in Seattle, that, that last kick, uh, that last second kick from Greg, if it goes through, you you just spent 60 minutes of sloppy ball and, and you left the building with a W. But instead, you miss it, you go home with an L. So it's a big, uh, it's a big position on Huge shoes to fill. Um, so I'm going to go with blanket ship. I guess that leaves me with some holes like running back and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the best kicker at this spot. Yeah, I love it. And um, what I love even more about this is his nickname is Hot Rod. Uh, he rocks the number 98 jersey and he's got these black specs uh, that almost look like sports specs, but still kind of look like you know, nerdy glasses specs at the same time. So he's got that going for him. Uh, but I love this pick actually, to be honest, because he was a heck of a kicker. Uh, he came out of Georgia and there is a need to fill. Um, I'm curious on, do the Rams maybe look in the seventh round to see if they could get this guy's undrafted rookie free agent, but then you're playing the game of, you gotta, you know, get him to want to come sign with you and, and going through that whole process. Or do you just go and spend that seventh round pick on him and just say, Hey, look, you're ours. Uh, we need a kicker, and I think that uh, I would I would totally get behind that pick if he came out here just from a profile picture alone, looking at uh, you know what he's done in at Georgia. So I like that pick a lot. And you're right, when you get down to the seventh round, that's kind of becomes the game a little bit. You know, you know, filling needs for the roster. Is there a kind of a gem down there that you think you know as a project that you can go uh, look at and try to you know invest some time into, uh, or if you is it somebody that you could wait on and try to then kind of recruit to come that way? So uh, I'm going to go back. There was a guy. Let me see. I'm going to go back to interior offense alignment. Uh, and uh, this is hot off the conversation off uh, with lockdown Wolverines. And he was kind of talking about a few prospects on the O line that were kind of falling down the board. Um, and this is one of them. And I think I'm going to select him here. It's offense tackle John Runyon out of Michigan. And, and as I talked to uh, Isaiah Hole, he was kind of saying he's shocked at, at how low John Runyon is going in a lot of these. He really projects him as being a guard at the next level, uh, but that he can play basically four positions on the offensive line. Uh, again, that kind of perks my ear up knowing uh, Aaron Cromer and what he wants on his offensive line guys. I mean, we saw it in the preseason kind of throwing guys from left to right. And then really, as we kind of did a lot of patchwork, guys that can kind of fill in and not have to look at him and go, I know you're not a tackle, but I need you to play one today. Uh, these are the guys that, you know, kind of are fit for this program. Uh, John Runyon out of Michigan, I think is a guy that, you know, just off my conversation on Friday, I got really excited about being able to get in these later rounds. Uh, I didn't really plan on coming into this draft taking uh, three offense alignment, but that's kind of the way, you know, it happened today. And, and honestly, thinking of your draft, uh, if I were to put them side by side, I think I'm loving your draft right now. Uh, I kind of went a different direction on a few of those to kind of start. I'll recap who I got here uh, as I pull it up here. I started with Chris Weaver, edge out of Boise State at number 52. 84 went Austin Jackson, just a big old dude uh, out of USC that we can plug in there and really kind of start to look at the future of that O-line. Uh, Willie Gay Jr., linebacker out of Mississippi State. That's a uh, the different direction I went uh, instead of Akeem Davis-Gaither. 
Uh, Shane Lemieux is probably my biggest. I don't know if I love this pick at 126 out of Oregon interior offense lineman. I felt the need that I needed somebody there, but now that I know that I could get a guy like John Runyon in the seventh round, maybe I would look to go a different direction there. Uh, 199 with Shaheem Carter, safety out of Alabama, and then John Runyon, as I just mentioned, offensive tackle uh, slash guard out of Michigan. That's my seven picks. Uh, Sosa, wrap up. I know you just kind of did a recap the first four picks, but you finished out uh, your last two picks. Kind of give us a little a little quick recap of how you did. How do you feel? If you did it differently, would you have gone a different direction on some of those? All right. Uh, I'll just go through the whole thing real quick. But you know what's one interesting thing about John Runyon that I guess you didn't mention was uh, I remember being young enough to watch his dad play for the Eagles. He was a legendary lineman himself, a tackle too. Now I think he's uh, like a, a what do you want to call it? Now it's politics or whatever, but yeah. He's got, got some pedigree. Line too. Yep. Yep. Um, okay, so I'll just start from the top here. So at 52, I want Josh Ucci, the edge out of Michigan. Day one starter, he starts at will linebacker, replaces Dante Fowler. I think it's pretty seamless transition there. Uh, he's a senior also, so that's a big thing to keep your eyes on. Uh, I believe he interviewed with the Rams as well at the Senior Bowl. So, again, something to keep your eyes on. Uh, pick 84, Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle from Boise State. I think he's a day one starter left tackle, like I said prior. Um, he's not going to be that here, I guess, with the Rams, uh, as long as Andrew Whitworth is there. But you can potentially plug him in at left guard from day one. If not, you leave him uh, on the bench, I guess, develop behind one of the best technicians over the last 15 or 10, 15 years in Andrew Whitworth. And one day down the line, he'll replace him. Uh, pick 104, Akeem Davis Gaither, linebacker out of Appalachian State. Speed, range, coverage ability, uh, nastiness. Is everything you need in a linebacker in 2020 in today's game? Uh, that's another day one starter. So uh, 126, Kayvon Wallace, safety, Clemson. Uh, a guy who's going to come in and contribute on special teams right away, developmental body, and uh, he's going to play in big three safety looks, uh, big nickel, dime safety looks, kind of stuff like that. Um, pick 199, Lynn Bowden, wide receiver slash quarterback slash return man out of Kentucky. Uh, if you need any two words for me to describe him, Randall Cobb. That's that's pretty much all you need to hear. Randall Cobb, same way. He came into the league as a kind of like a QB who was going to play slot receiver, had a lot of good production in the slot in Green Bay and in Dallas. He was a return man, an electric one at that. That's all the same things for Lynn Bowden. I mean, the Rams have Jojo Natson gone. That's a, a big hole to fill, a kick returner and punt returner. You got Darrell Henderson, who is now going to be the starting running back. So obviously you're not going to want to leave him back um, on kickoff returning kicks. It's just unnecessary wear and tear and the potential for real injury to a real important player for your offense. So uh, Lynn Bowden's going to be able to be a, pro uh, a project by the developmental guy at wide receiver five. And not only that, but he's going to plug both of the tournaments boss right out the gate. So that's really important for the late, uh, a late round pick. And then at 234, I went Rodrigo Blankenship, the kicker from Georgia. It's pretty self-explanatory. Greg Sterling takes off to uh, Dallas. The Rams have a big need there. And, I mean, throughout our lifetimes, the Rams have had pretty good kickers. So uh, I, I trust their better judgment. And, you know, I guess at that point, the Rams find themselves another starter and kicker. Yeah, I like it. You addressed two special teams needs there with a kicker and then a returner. And then if you look at JoJo Natson was strictly a, re a returner for us and, and sounds like this wide receiver comes in with some flexibility to also contribute on offense, which I think is going to be a big part in that returner role is uh, even though if you're looking at the new CBA, there's going to be some extension as far as some players that are allowed to be on the active roster. But you want a guy that uh, can do a little bit than more than just one thing. So I like that pick as well. 
Uh, I like both of them as far as, uh, or I like all the picks that you kind of put together there. I think if the Rams got something like that where they could find either a linebacker that can come in, a guy on the edge, something in the defense where you can kind of plug and play a guy uh, with these picks is going to be extremely important. Again, they're going to be very cheap at the beginning, so we got to take advantage of that. Cheap contracts are something that we don't have a whole ton of, or at least we have a lot of top-heavy, heavy ones, uh, so those are going to be nice. But, hey, man, I love it. This was a bunch of fun doing a mock draft. Can't wait to have you back on the show uh, as things develop here in the Rams world and we learn a little bit more about uh, what direction they might be going. We'll have another one. Maybe we'll do the predictive board next. Guys, don't forget to go check them out over at profootballdispatch.com as well on Twitter as QBSMVP. Uh, make sure to reach out, follow all the content he's doing. Like he said, he's doing deep dives on a lot of these players and then posting some stuff up. Puts a lot of clips up, a lot of great information coming from him here in the Rams world. So if you're not following him, you got to go do that today. Uh, and I appreciate you coming on and look forward to chatting to you again, Sosa. Absolutely, my man. Thank you for having me on. Uh, you know, the closer we get to the draft, the more work I'm going to do on the more players in the draft. I'll have more information. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I guess we'll uh, we'll do it again. Yeah, man, we appreciate you jumping on. Look forward to talking to you again. And with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time, peace.